Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to my little show. I hope you will subscribe because if you subscribe, then you'll get a notification and you'll know when a new show comes out because you won't always catch that I put it up on social media. Um, so I appreciate your subscription. That helps me. Um, I'll say like the last four weeks, I've been specifically concentrating on talking to folks uh, who mostly people I've met at Black Lives Matter protests. Um, but I've also talked to, like I talked to a guy from the trans community. I talked to um, Mexican-American people. Um, and it's so interesting because all of the, what all of these people basically have in common is they're all marginalized in some way. They all have been pushed around or bullied by our society. Um, and some of them less so today and some of them more so today. And so the common denominator really is that if they're getting their asses kicked, <laughs> um, why aren't we all rallying around these people? And this conversation with Ashley D that I had, um, that you're going to hear next really reminded me of that because she's a young mom. She's an athlete. She's a wife. And she really has taken her time to go and, and, uh, you know, make some eloquent talks in front of, um, our community leaders to try and make change. And, um, I think it's just such a great example of what I wish I was like when I was in my twenties, you know, um, I'm very inspired by women like this, by men like this, that will take their time to try and make their community better and be able to hand over a better life, a better lifestyle, better healthcare, all that stuff for their children. So without further ado, this is Ashley D. And I think you're going to really enjoy what she has to say. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I have a special guest today that I'm speaking to named Ashley D. She is a local Orange County resident currently, and she spoke in front of the Board of Supervisors meeting in Santa Ana. She was going to come on today and tell us about her experience. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Diana. Thank you for taking your time. I am motivated yeah. and excited. Thank you for coming on. So Ashley's a mom, and we were just talking about what motivates her to be active and get out there and take her time and put her heart into... Um, elevating all of our knowledge and she's also a coach uh martial arts martial arts coach and so I just wanted to meet her and talk to her so Ashley tell us about your experience in for in front of the board of supervisors meeting oh yes so it was definitely quite an experience it was my very first time going to anything like that mm -hmm. um very first time speaking so it was very eventful. <laughs> um, yeah. Were you nervous? I was, I was nervous. Yes. I didn't know what to expect. So, but I guess that's expected just to be nervous. <laughs> that's all you can expect. Yeah. I think sometimes too nerves come from like, you just have it in your heart where you want to do this justice. And so mm -hmm. like a lot of times I say a little prayer before I start interviewing someone that I could actually just do some good or, mm bring this some justice to the situation you know like do it justice instead of fumbling through which yes. like nine times out of ten I feel like oh I wish I would have done something differently but <laughs> I think nerves come a little bit from that too right I think that you said it though nine times out of ten you always think oh I could have done things differently mm -hmm. and I think that's what's so ma motivating about what's going on in the world right now is mm -hmm. 
maybe we've always wanted to do that something and we never did it or we're too timid or, or afraid to do it. And um, here's that one time out of 10, you know, this is, this is the moment I feel like mm-hmm. for myself and everybody that I've just been meeting since the, the world's caught on fire. <laughs> yeah. So what was it that you said? Can you give us like a brief overview of what you said at the supervisor's meeting? Um, yes. So I got, I had the opportunity to speak three on diff, three different occasions. I spoke on two agenda items and the board of supervisors, they have agenda items that you can speak on um, and they have to be focused on that item. You can also leave a public comment, which I, okay. I did as well. So um, the board of supervisors, they had agenda items 30 one through 43, and they were all for the sheriff's budget to be increased. And they condensed all of those agenda items to one complete item, which, which is controversial to me to do something like that. Um, so I, I spoke on that, and the takeaway, from, they gave me one minute to speak when it should have been three, but there was just an overwhelming amount of people there um, so what, what I just said, mm-hmm. I addressed them and I said, in a time of civil unrest and social injustice and a pandemic, um, increasing the sheriff's budget is, an, is sending the wrong message to the public, I feel like. And, um, this is, and I'm just going to say that this is my own personal view and not um, the organization that um, I'm representing. Um, this is just my own views. Uh, and I urged them to at least suspend voting on this, to consider to consider the voices of everybody who's going to speak today, because the people who are speaking against these agenda items, they're a bunch of young, motivated. Um, they're increasing the budget, but at the same time, they took away from healthcare, which nurses mm-hmm. and hospitals are don't even have enough PPE right now with what's going on. Um, and one in six children are going hungry. Like that, those things need to be addressed mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're speaking about increasing police budgets. The people that these um, police are policing mm-hmm. in the community. So that's um, pretty much about the police budget um, mm-hmm. uh, that I was so that against was- it. At least that was they should recon- That was your first uh, time yes, speaking my- out. How did it make you feel? Um, it felt good. Um, I felt like it wasn't enough, though. Yeah. You get, one, you get one minute, and they've already made their minds up, especially when, when they chose to condense all of those agenda items mm-hmm. into one. It was just a unanimous, let's do it without even thinking um, kind of deal. So it was kind of discouraging, but I'm glad that I did it because it kind of showed, it kind of showed the people who are enforcing policies or approving policies, you know, that people are not happy and they're upset and they're going to start coming to speak out. So that, that felt good, that, that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, a, there were a lot of people there that um, some organize some organizers that, I've been organizing with advertised this board of supervisors meeting. So it was a good showing 
Oh, good. It was a good show. And it was a lot of people's first time being there as well. So it was, we were all really encouraging of one another, helping each other um, with talking points and how everything worked. So it was just, it was such a, a, a great feeling of community there, despite mm-hmm. the reasons why we were there. Um, it was very empowering, I'd say. Yeah, and if you think, I mean, if you're saying that the majority of the crowd was young and they're fired up, mm-hmm. I see a lot of that when I go to protests and I think about, wow, <laughs> if that's what this is like now, what could these people be like when they're, you know, they're sending their kids off to college in 20 years yes. and they've been raising their kids for 20 years to be more aware and to be more outspoken. Um, I think that there's just been so many changes, small changes that you wouldn't think would be a big deal, but that are making a big difference. And, you know, someone like you, who's never spoken up before going a mom, you know, a a person who works, a person in our community who's lived all over Orange County and you said Riverside as well to have the guts to get up and speak. Um, I mean, I think people hearing this story that will resonate because you're kind of an everyday girl who's getting up and speaking out for what you think is right. Yes. Uh, and if I may add on to that, um, if anybody is, sorry, if you heard that on my phone. Um, okay. Um, I'd like to encourage anybody who wants to go and really want to make a difference or can't go Mm -hmm. with these meetings, you can still write a public comment via email or you know, online, you can send those public comments in. And during these meetings, they're going to read them out loud. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to listen. I didn't know that. Yeah. um, So you can do both. Actually, you can speak and send your comment ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So that way, um, they also speak on it. Mm -hmm. Because they're not supposed. And you know what, Um, I'd like to say this for the first timers or people who just who don't know, because I didn't have this knowledge prior Anything that I'm going to say today, I didn't have this knowledge prior. So um, yeah. if you know anybody qualified people out there, go ahead and talk to them. But my um, my experience really helped educate me on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, send it in. You only have to speak for one minute. Mm-hmm. And it's just, hi, my name is, or you don't even have to say your name. I'm, I'm here because I'm against, you know, what I said, the increase on the police budget. This is why. And this is my solution. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all you have to say. Oh, and now I know what I was going to say. Um, a lot of people feel like they're not being heard in there because the board of supervisors aren't engaging with you. They're not speaking to you. They're, they're not looking at you. They're not supposed to emotionally engage, which I can understand. Mm-hmm. But their job is to be a public servant to me. So they should be have a connection with me, mm-hmm. uh, us as the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so... When you're up there speaking, just pay no mind to that, um, which is why I would also urge you to write in your public comment because they have to read that out loud in the room that they're in to each other. So there's a little bit more engagement there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, I wasn't prepared for this, but when I went, there were a lot of um, people who were on the other side. I'm just going to call them opposers mm-hmm. to what I was there for. Um, they were violent. Um, I let, you know, I do want to encourage people to go and do this, but just go there with good intentions, with a good heart, not, you know, the fight is inside with the board of supervisors, not with our community mm-hmm. on, the, on the outside. You know, we're all there. We're all there because we want to be heard. We, we shouldn't be there to be fighting each other because 
the media is out there and you know how they can just manipulate what actually happened. And I saw that firsthand. There were, there was a young woman, very petite, maybe a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, not even five foot tall. Um, somebody came up from behind her and grabbed her by her neck, like in a choke, like a chokehold, picked her up and was gonna dra- was trying to drag her backwards. Thank, God- thank goodness she got out of there. Um, but as soon as that happened, the man went behind the cops and the ladies who were harassing um, her went right behind the cops. And then they started filming her coming back at them in retaliation. Yeah. Like, you- can you imagine mm-hmm. you're trying to defend yourself? This person literally picked you up by your neck. Mm-hmm. And um, the way the Orange County Register wrote that out was it showed the cops, it showed one of the protesters, you know, coming in between the protesters and the police. And the way the Orange County Register headlined that was, oh, peaceful protester keeping the peace after um, somebody's sign was ripped, Mm. after tensions rose because a sign was ripped. And that was really disheartening. Yeah. That's the truth, you know, and... Good intentions with the story, but very biased Mm -hmm. and not the truth, especially if it's violent. You want to let the public know something like that um, because you want them to feel safe going to these going to these meetings. You know, there there are kids there as well on both sides. Mm -hmm. There were children there Mm -hmm. um, because they can speak as well. So if anybody didn't know that children can go and speak as well if their guardian is with them. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, so there were five altercations on the outside there, um, why do you which think, was unfortunate. Why do you think that, what do you think opposers want? Um, I, don't, I don't think it's actually a want, but I, I think it's um, more, they're very assumptuous as to what the other side wants. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's like that on both sides, but I can say firsthand when I went there with my organization, and there were others there. Um, when, I'm sorry, when the other, okay, I, I don't mean to say this to get political because um, everybody's, you know, has their, I will fight to the death for anybody to be able to speak up for what they believe in no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was there with my organization and a group of others came with their, they were, had Trump flags and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they immediately walked right up to my, to the people that I was with and were starting an altercation, getting in their faces, shoving signs in their faces, mm-hmm. uh, making fun of them for wearing masks and um, um, calling them the N word. Mm-hmm. A few, I, I heard that. And then um, somebody who was assaulted had a sign shoved in her face while somebody was calling her the N word. And mm-hmm. she was, she was a, a Mexican girl, but I still, it, still, you shouldn't call anybody that word, yeah. but it was just, I say that because they were just throwing that word around like that, um, which is, it's, um, it's pretty triggering. You know, yeah, that's not a, like a loaded hate word. It's a correct. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Correct. It was, it was definitely setting um, a tone mm-hmm. for the whole I, day. It, it was. I had an experience with a girlfriend last weekend at a protest and there was this older white man who showed up at the protest late. And, you know, there were a lot of people on the other side of the street that had, you know, 
we stand behind our police and mm-hmm. um you know there's a, a white like a police officer's wife and two kids it looked like to me and they were holding up signs and I you know I was like good for them you know if they you know good I'm glad that we have democracy where we can all stand up and speak mm. our minds and stand up Definitely. for what we think is important right so I'm watching Definitely. all this and then there's some people with their Trump flags and some people are obnoxious and but then this guy shows up this has a sign that says get on the plantation mm. and tall thin mean looking white guy and it wow. just just like such a like a painful reminder and shitty shitty thing to say and then the painful part mm-hmm. to me wasn't him necessarily i watched him walk up and i thought oh my gosh here we go you know because mm-hmm. if, if you're going to hold a sign like that in this day and age you're just crazy you just have mental health problems. <laughs> you know, like it's, you're not a normal person. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but what really sucked was to see the people on the other side, slapping hands with him, hugging him, laughing mm. about the sign. And that's the problem to me. <sighs> yes, and, and then that on, is- in that same vein, he kept coming across the street to our side and he came up to my friend and she's black. He's white. They both got their signs. They're face to face. It's a perfect opportunity for a photo op and the photo that ends up getting put out there is him standing there with his mouth closed um kind of almost innocently holding his sign and you can't see what his sign said and then she's got her her face is like it's her profile but her face is forward and she's screaming and her mask is down and she's so enraged but if you would have backed up the picture 30 seconds before which we have the video he is literally wagging his tongue like at her six inches from her face in a sexual way and telling her that she's a stupid black B-I-T-C-H. So that, that's the part of it where I feel like it ends up getting lost. Like you gotta, you gotta, if you want to comment on it, you gotta see the whole story. You gotta know what's really going on behind these people because it's not all as innocent as sometimes it's made out to look like. Right. Correct. And, and she did look but, enraged. But you know what? I was enraged. And I every time I think about it, I'm like, God damn it. Why didn't I just yank that guy's sign or kick him in the balls or something? And I'm not even mad. <laughs> and I'm pissed. Right. Even, oh. My kids don't need to grow up in this kind of society. And neither do anyone mm-hmm. else's. Definitely. That's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. And it just... And on both sides, it just takes one person, right? It takes one person to either do the right or the wrong thing. And that's the problem with people. They will follow. Um, It could, you know, so the person who is the agitator, you know, is responsible as well. It should be, should be held accountable or shouldn't, it should just question the, the people who are following, I should yeah, and I think um, everyone should think for themselves. And I think that that my whole point in speaking out and meeting people like you and other folks and telling your stories is that if we don't come around black and brown people in our communities, if we keep this divide, that's really like that has a large part to do with me and people mm-hmm. who look like me. Are you going to speak up and stand around these people who are getting pushed around or are you going to just like turn the other way and go, "Oh, that's just one guy who's crazy." Well, oh, no, right. He, he he might be one guy that's crazy, but what about the community that's slapping hands with him? Yeah, and he's an extension like of okay. that community. Definitely. That's bullshit. 
Yeah, he is an extension of that community. So he's a part of that community. And I believe it takes a tribe or it takes a village to um, to raise a child. And sure. So, um, Ashley, I can tell you, like, one of the, the first protests that I went to, I've evolved in the last three weeks, like, massively on mm -hmm. my thinking. And one of the first things at the first protest I saw was a sign that said defund the police. And um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be near that sign. I want to move, like, 50 paces over because I was holding a sign that said white middle-aged lady, mom of five, and Black Lives Matter because that's what I knew at the time and that's where my heart was and that's what I wanted to stand by. And seeing something like for me that says defund the police is scary for me because I have had a great relationship with the police. And as I've kind of, I keep asking this question, like, what does that mean? What are you thinking? And what I would like to ask you is what do you mean when you say defund the police? What does that really look like for you? That's a great, great question. And it's a loaded question because mm -hmm. We can have another podcast as well on some more <laughs> and just talk strictly on this. But um, for, for starters, um, defunding of the police first is starting with um, sheriffs and police departments are asking for um, increase in their budgets year after year, um, contract after contract expires, after contract expires. Um, they're asking for more and more money. Mm -hmm. Now, when they're asking for, mo for more money, where does that where does that come from? Okay, let's look at that. So it comes from, it's federal, federally funded, state funded, um, but also when we are increasing, that also means we're, we're taking it away from another resource. Mm -hmm. And so if you wanna just look at, in the past 10 years from 2010 to now, um, the budget of police has increased and this year they took millions out of Healthcare, of the healthcare industry, uh, not industry, I apologize, healthcare fund, mm -hmm. um, which I am sure everybody knows right now where um, COVID and Corona is going on right now. And we're seeing mm -hmm. nurses without PPE and they're using trash bags and things like that. Well, millions of dollars, I'm not going to say it was just solely the police taking funds out of there, um, but it had a lot to do with the with that. Um and doctors and nurses actually work in prisons and things like that. So if police are asking for the increase in budget, why is it getting taken away from the, from the general fund? That's where it's coming out of. It's coming from our general fund. If we're talking about Orange County, it's coming out of Orange County's um, general fund, mm -hmm. which, which pays for social services and healthcare services and, and things like that. So in the past 10 years, the sheriff's budget increased by 115% of what it was 10 years ago, um, which is, okay, cool. We have money, we're increasing it. But why in the last 10 years did healthcare decrease by 18%? Mm -hmm. but the sheriff's department increased by 115 Also, social services, they were decreased by 18% as well in the past 10 years. I mean, it used to be, they, they used to have like a $62 million fund and right now it's at 50 million. Mm -hmm. um, so I say 50 million, what is the sheriff's budget right now? It's 198 million. Mm -hmm. most, uh, most of the and increases- that's sheriffs and, that's or sheriff. is that police as well? Is that all in one that's thing or no? Sheriffs. Yeah, that's just the, the sheriff's department. Um, okay. Take up a lot of the funding, um, 
because of the unions and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Board of Supervisors approval, um, let me see, every four years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, all, and most of those increases that they're asking for, um, they will say it's allocated to training and things like that, which mm-hmm. it's already um, accommodated for with that fund. That training, that training, that money that goes for training, it's already allocated into that fund. So when they're asking for in- increases, most of that money is going for pay raises. And mm-hmm. I understand they work overtime. They're also working overtime right now because of, of the protests. Mm-hmm. Okay, some people say that's fair. You know, there's a lot going on. There needs to be more policing on the streets. But I'm sure you, just like I, have seen videos all over social media and the news, um, and being there firsthand as well. You've been there, yeah. and I've been there. I, I haven't been to the ones in LA, which I know are just—they're way bigger than they are in Orange County. But when you're looking at the police and you're seeing these agitators going against, going up to the peaceful protests protesters and inflicting harm upon them the police are not intervening the -hmm. police are standing there and they're just rotating throughout their shifts like the the most they move is to either rotate their shift or i've seen them in santa Ana shoot rubber bullets directly at people and not not shooting the floor like they're supposed to Mm -hmm. Um, also they're asking uh, because of damages and and things like that but um but most of the most of the most of the budget that they're, I'm sorry, most of the increases are going to pay raises. Um, I have, I've been asked, oh, so you don't think um, they deserve money for risking their lives every day? Like, okay, that's actually not what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Although us citizens are risking our lives every day for, for just the, our skin color or the mm-hmm. uh, the class that we are in if we're lower class mm-hmm. and that's another issue i'd like to, to touch on in a second um but deputies deputies make about they make over two hundred thousand dollars a year assistant sheriffs make about this is about four hundred thousand a year so it's it's more or it could be a little less than that um sheriff barnes he makes almost $500,000 a year. And just two years ago, he made almost $700,000 a year. They also, the sheriff's department also spends $692 million on campaign ads for re-election of the sheriffs. So, so when we're talking about defunding, okay, it's, um, there needs to be a regulation um, on how they, on how they allocate these funds. I mean, I can see I could see pay raises. Everybody deserves a, a raise for doing a good job. Um, good job, but do you see what's going on right now? I don't feel like I don't feel like um, I don't want to say they don't do a good job because there are good cops out there. Yeah, there are bad cops, but if in in just my opinion. There are no good cops out there because they, the good cops, they end up quitting or they get killed for speaking out, you know? Um, but that's just, that's really heavy of me to say because I do personally know good officers, but I'm talking more of the culture. Um, being a cop, it, it's, it's a culture and they're part of that culture. And if you're a good cop, then you're speaking up right now. And I need to see you on the news speaking up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I need I need some action to be done. Like 
because that's how people are feeling right now. If you're a good cop, you'd probably would be quitting right now. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's um. Sorry, I went on a little bit of rant with no, the. No, that's my, okay. That's, my, a, that's, <laughs> that's a um. That's a touchy. It's super touchy subject. First of all, I've got law enforcement in my family, on both mm-hmm. sides, and. Um, I was hesitant to say that because no, that's okay. I, I would rather I would rather have us say something that's a little cringy and uncomfortable and actually mm-hmm. talk about it than mm-hmm. to just be quiet and let another <laughs> go by. You know, me too. That's why I said I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna no, say you it go. Because, you you, you say know. Yeah, and you know what? Everyone who listens to this, whoever they are that are listening to this, they don't have to necessarily agree with either one of us. Because honestly, it's very easy for me as a white woman who's been protected. I literally live by the police department. I've always had a great reputation or not a great reputation, but a great experience with law enforcement. Um, I've gotten my fair share of tickets. I got an open (laughs) container when I was a kid. I was driving with some cute boys who I basically (laughs) picked up on a corner with some girlfriends and there was a carload of us. We got pulled over. One of the boys had a little flask. And so I got a ticket for having an open container. My parents dressed me up in the most innocent outfit I had, took me to court. The judge was great. <laughs> I got it. I mean, my parents went to great lengths to ha- have make sure that my juvenile record would be sealed. And I've never Thanks. had a bad experience with a police officer ever. That's good. Um, that's good. But that is not of the like 50 people I've interviewed. That's not what other people who don't look like me are saying. And so I think it's really important not that I necessarily agree with you because I personally do think that there are good cops. I think that those right. good cops are having a really, really heartbreaking, hard, really time hard time because some yeah. of these people have been doing this job with for either. years. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to go to work right now. I think it would just be scary. I'd be scared for my own physical health. I'd be, uh, I'd be disappointed to see the, you know, the, the things that some cops have done reflecting badly on people who've worked hard their whole career. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that um, I w- if I were to speak up, I would be afraid that it would be like Lord of the Flies and, you know, you'd end up getting, you know, it sounds like that's what's going on. I don't, you That's know. what I feel like. You said it right there. If you do speak up, you know, what, what are the consequences? Yeah. And- like would, would your, would your guys still have your back if you do speak up? And I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be a really hard time to be a police officer. And I, I know some people don't want to hear me say that. But um, I'm not going to totally agree with you that there are no good cops because I know some. I just also know some right. that are like, dude, I'm ready to retire. Like, exactly. That's what. That's how I'm feeling. Like, if the good cops are like, I, I'm, I'm out of this. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just a. It's a really hard job to do, and it's too bad too because um, I wonder how we could. I, I would want to make it a situation where good cops would feel good about going to work. And would feel right, you know, like we don't need cops getting bleach thrown on them. We don't need them getting spit at. The experience I had, yeah, the experience that I had downtown in Huntington Beach. Um, I went across the street and was standing on. I'm white and bi- I'm tall. I'm a big person, mm-hmm. and I had a sign that said "Black Lives Matter," but I'm white, and I wanted to make the point that I'll go over here and stand with these dumb wow. ones and and hold my sign up, right? Well, for a while, because I'm white and I was dressed very. Uh, I was dressed like a 45 year old mom, you know, in my like my mom <laughs> jeans and my mom shirt. Right. And holding my sign. These people right. didn't really realize that that's the sign that I had. Right. But I wanted that picture <gasps> to be taken in front of them. 
Well, finally this woman figured it out and she first she came over and she said, You're a very ugly woman. And um Oh my I'm god. A, I'm not an ugly woman. There's nothing ugly about me. I'm a beautiful woman. And so I told her that. And then she's like, You need to go over there. So she's screaming at me. Well, by this time my girlfriend had run across the street and she's videoing it. And um the woman on camera says, You need to go over there and then she waves over a policeman like he is gonna do her bidding, right? And she's point you know she's pointing at him you need to get her out of here and he leans into the camera and he said why because she has an opposing view she has every right to be standing here and so that's the experience that I have with police officers that's awesome yes I feel so comfortable protesting I know that they have my back but I also feel like all of us deserve the same thing we're all the same in the United States we all deserve that protection and feel comfortable right I I I would I hope you know, it, it, it's kind of disheartening that when you look at the American flag, and this isn't just my my point of view, but I do feel this in my heart, and it's sad that when I see the American flag, the first thing you think of is racism. Ouch. But because of what's going on, right. And I want us to reclaim our flag. Yes, ma'am. Yes, We ma'am. need to reclaim our flag, and we need to – oh, I just – that just gave me chills. Yeah, um, we do need to reclaim the flag. And it's when we at our protests, or the, I'm sorry, at the ones that I've, I've I've been at, we've even chanted USA, USA. Yeah. And some of the people there, they have that feeling of what I just expressed. Like you think racism even in that chant. And and that it shouldn't be that way. No, and so it I, be that I, way. this kind of for all of us. And honestly, uh, please, it was built by people who look like you. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things. It's like, okay, you can you can act however you want, but let's look back at who really did the work. I mean, who built the White House? <laughs> who literally laid the bricks at the White House? Who, you know, built our um, cotton industry? Who built our industrial industry? And let's talk about, like... Farming and all yes. that. Agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so why shouldn't we all have equal access to services, equal access to feeling good about walking down our street? Right. And it's got to change. Right. And can I, can I touch on really quick um, mm-hmm. on you holding that Black Lives Matter sign? Because I feel like the opposing side really doesn't understand what that means only because only because they've been, their mind has been infiltrated with this thought that that slogan, Black Lives Matter, stands for the Black Lives Matter organization, which yeah. they're labeling as a terrorist organization funded by George Soros. <laughs> so um, I'll set that conspiracy aside, but I, I, I feel like um, when people say Black Lives Matter, they automatically associate it with that organization Mm-hmm. And and they choose to they choose to think that way, right? So that way, um, they don't feel uncomfortable with what it actually means. Black mm-hmm. lives matter. Um, Black lives matter does not mean anybody else's lives matter. Um, all lives can't matter in, until Black lives matter because they are included in all lives matter. They or they should be included in all lives matter and they're not they're not when they say that when we say that we're not saying that white people or any other culture 
hasn't had it bad because everybody has had a shit experience probably in their life. Like life is hard. Mm -hmm. Life is hard. And, and we all acknowledge that. But the one thing that didn't make your life hard wasn't the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. Like it is for black people. Mm -hmm. And that's why when they say black lives matter, that's why they're saying it. Yeah. Cause the color of their skin has, uh, cause white people are light colored, light colored people haven't had to wake up in the morning worrying about the color of their skin, you know, when, you know, just waking up in the morning. And um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure somebody said that. I haven't heard too many um, videos. Maybe I'm just shying away from watching videos right now because it's pretty traumatizing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. (sighs) Well, what is it that you would really like if you had what's called a white ally, which is like somebody who had your back? What is it you wish that white allies would do? Listen, listen, Um, listen, because I mean, I do have I do have white allies. um, And this and this movement has incredible amounts of white allies. And just be brave and listen because um, experience, you know what, tying to an experience I had um, at the supervisor's meeting, Mm -hmm. there was a woman who was on the opposing side there with her family Mm -hmm. and she went out of her way to diffuse a situation that was happening with somebody from her side, being aggressive to somebody who was on the other side. Mm -hmm. She said, that's not what we're here for. You know, we should have open dialogue. She came and talked to me and, and, and she was apologizing on their behalf for the way they were acting. And, and I'm thinking in my head, like, wow, she must have it rough when she's talking to her, her community. You know, she's probably the black sheep, you know, like she's, she's taking a lot of, a lot of burden, just speaking out or just being, just being a normal person, Mm -hmm. you know, but if for the white allies, like just listen, use your voice. Um, because you can't understand what, what these people are going through because of the color of their skin. Um, and you can't begin to understand it if you don't listen to the stories, because I can correct. Um, I lived in Georgia for 10 years and I witnessed a few things here and there, but because of my socio socioeconomic status, because of the fact that now that I live in Orange County, there's one per- in Huntington, mm. we have 1% black people. So yeah, I, I do have um, a couple of friends of color, but I, there's not a lot of opportunities to make friends with people here because they don't live here. Exactly. And if you are not seeking out these stories and listening and paying attention and having an open heart and not saying, oh, well, that's not true. Oh, that's just an outlier. Oh, that's just some crazy person. It's not. Mm. I have talked mm. to... Uh, if I've talked to 50 people, it's 50 stories where everyone can spout off a very vivid story about things that have happened to them. Yes. And, and it's important. It's important to, to, to listen. I think when you said, listen, be brave. Um, it's good advice. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, um, sure. Also, we need to realize how connected we are because when, when all of this happened, when the coronavirus and all of that happened, we all, we all felt the weight of this broken system. Mm -hmm. Like we all felt that the whole world. 
Yes, the whole world felt that weight of this broken system mm-hmm. that has been built to, it feels like it's been built to oppress. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, I feel like we all can find common ground and fight mm-hmm. for justice because yeah. this isn't, now it, Now we're realizing it's not just um, a black issue. This mm-hmm. is all of, this is our fight. This is everybody's fight. This is what and, I'm going to hand over to my kids who are white. Exactly. And look, look like and, the ancestors who were oppressive. So we've got to fix this situation. Right. Right. On, on all the sides. Exactly. And, and I heard someone say that it wasn't broken, that it was actually working exactly the way that it was always intended. <laughs> yeah, it was built this way. It was built you broken. Know, the- Definitely. Um, it goes back to... Man, it just goes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just keep going down the rabbit hole. The more information you're going to, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. <laughs> and oh, yeah. continue to continue to ride that rabbit hole. And because ignorance is bliss, but um, it is it is traumatizing and heavy when you do uncover, when you do lift the veil mm-hmm. and, and your eyes see and your heart could feel and it's really heavy and hard to deal with, but that is part of life. That is a part of life as well. And, um, and yes, the black lives are ahead of this movement. They need to be in the front of this movement. Um, but back, but backing it up, backing them up, we all need to be behind it. And Mm -hmm. as socioeconomic statuses as well, because it's not just the blacks that are oppressed, the indigenous people who were raped and robbed and, the Mexican people who also had their land stolen. And this, mm-hmm. I mean, they are the indigenous people who were raped by the, the Spaniards who became Mexicans. I mean, it's just, it's so oppressive and there's so much history behind it that this movement needs to, is strong enough to make a difference because, um, because this affects all of us. Like we all felt it. We all felt this when businesses were shutting down people People can't work. People can't provide for their children. There's no health care. And especially in these um, black communities, um, why, do pe- why do black children die at disproportional rates um, when women are giving, when black men- women give birth, why are they dying at disproportional rates? The lack of health, the lack of health care, um, the lack of just care in general from, from this economy, uh, it needs to change because we're all affected by it. Whether you're black or not, this affects us all and we need to, we need to be brave and, and speak up and, and do something. Which is why, um, like I just sit around, I've been sitting around my whole life or since like eighth grade, ever since I read this book called um, Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper. Um, I've just been sitting around just wishing I could do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the time, now is the time I feel because there's so much support, which is why the organizations that I'm working with um, want to, their goal is to form a broader OC coalition so we can be stronger in numbers and be a great resource for the community. So that way we can make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been pretty successful in the past three or four weeks, just meeting, meeting up with or, other organizers and just getting us all together um, because you can't kill us all. You can't kill all the leaders, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 100%. MLK was one man. Malcolm X was one man. Um, 
you know, Tupac was one man, even though he wasn't one of those leaders, but I just had to throw him out there. They were just one person. John F. Kennedy was one person. Um, But if we can organize, I mean, they're not going to be able to stop us this time. Well, there you have it. If you ever wanted to know what kind of people go and stand in front of a city and state their case and figure out how to get in front of the microphone and speak in front of their elected officials. It's a young martial arts instructing wife and mom who's beautiful and strong and incredible in every way. And I've never done that. I've never gone and and spoke for something that I believed in. So I really really feel like um, there's so many different ways to protest. You know, you can protest with your social media. You can protest with a sign. You can protest silently by donating. You can have private conversations that are useful. You can protest by educating yourself. And you can also protest by getting your butt up in front of a microphone and telling your elected city officials how you feel. And I'm super proud of Ashley, and I'm actually really excited that now we all know what that experience is like. So um, thanks again for listening, and please do subscribe.